So I want to speak a little bit about refuge this morning. You know, the first thing which comes to mind is, you know, that refuge isn't like an insurance policy that we're never going to have any difficult experiences anymore. <laughs> so we still, you know, we'll get old, sick, and we will die, and we'll lose things, and there will be, you know, there's the environmental crisis which could any moment, you know, shift into a runaway situation. And there's lots going on all the time. Even here, you know, in Spirit Rock, things break down and people have to leave. And so refuge is, is not a protection from difficult experiences, but refuge is a, you know, is a way to meet those experiences so that they become opportunities for growing in capacity and for growing in, uh, in Dhamma. And, you know, the taking refuge in the Buddha, taking refuge in, in a teacher, you know, who has lived about 2,600 years ago and who has found, you know, a new way how to relate to experience in order to um, rise above circumstances. But not, you know, by trying to hide away from those circumstances or shield ourselves against them, but rather through you know, getting to know them really clearly and deeply, which means, you know, not overlaying what's happening with lots of ideas, which are all, you know, past conditioning and which are already long gone. So it's, it's, a, it's a teaching, you know, which, which wants to support us to meet experience in the present moment as it is without any preconceived notions. And then, you know, if we are able to do that increasingly, we have more and more capacity, you know, to connect with our innate wisdom, which is always already there, you know, waiting to be connected with. But if we go off on a tangent, you know, in terms of past conditioning, the five hindrances, which Ayananda Bodhi spoke about yesterday, then we are not really connecting with what's happening, we are connecting with an idea about what's happening. And that's why, you know, we get entangled more and more, because we don't relate in a way which, um, you know, is, is able to respond. We are reacting, we are not responding. And the practice is all about, you know, helping us to let go of these addictions of reacting and become more and more able, you know, to respond. And in order to be able to respond rather than react, we have to be able to, you know, be with not knowing and to be on this kind of a shaky ground where we're not quite sure, you know, how, what's going to come next. And that's, you know, that doesn't necessarily come easy, but we can train ourselves to be getting increasingly more capable to do that. And taking refuge in the Buddha means exactly that, you know, taking an outer symbol, like the historical Buddha, and there's lots of statues and tankers and different, you know, reminders all around spirit rock. And, you know, you can also have them in your home. And in our monasteries, there are certainly quite a few of those. And they are just reminding us, you know, to connect with our inner Buddha, our inner capacity for awareness, because Buddha means, you know, to be awake, 
That's the original meaning of the word butto, means to be awake, uh, to wake up to that capacity for pure awareness. So meeting, you know, uh, experience exactly as it is, without, you know, laying all kinds of uh, assumption on top of it. And then reacting to those assumptions rather than, you know, working with what is really there. And it's, you know, much easier said than done. I know that. <laughs> but it's, it's like a work in progress, you know. And if you have experienced once, you know, very clearly how your assumptions were, you know, leading you astray, if you have seen that very clearly, that kind of is, is an experience you'll never forget, you know, because then there's a potential that it could actually happen quite frequently. You just need to see it a few times really clearly. And then, you know, that interest to do that work becomes much stronger. And then, you know, the capacity to be with the unpleasant feeling before going into distraction becomes, you know, longer and longer. And the meditation is a technology which helps us to train exactly that capacity, you know, to refrain from going down the old ways, you know, again and again and again. And some of the precepts, you know, which are the renunciant precepts, like, for example, you know, not eating in the evening, not, you know, turning on the TV, the phone, the computer, and everything else, what you could turn on, I don't know. There are so many things constantly, you know, being um, appearing on the market. I can't catch up with it somehow. So, you know, if you can refrain from going down that path of distraction, you can contain, you can reserve your energy and use it for something, you know, much more thorough. Because instead of just distracting yourself, you're going to once and for all, you know, dedicate the energy to disentangle this mess, you know, of uh, habitual ways of perceiving what's happening. And that's, you know, it's a lifelong practice, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely doable. And there have been, you know, many beings before us who did it and who really woke up in a complete way. So there's a lot of guidance around. We just need to take it to heart. And, uh, and also, you know, that we have, we just have an inborn, uh, you know, need as, as human beings with, you know, very vulnerable animal bodies. You know, we need to take refuge. You know, we need to have shelter. We need to have certain things in order to live. So we already have that inbuilt tendency. And, you know, and to kind of connect with that tendency and then shift, shift the focus. You know, where are, we are, um, where we are trying to get that uh, refuge from and shifting it to something which is more capable of actually delivering what we are looking for. Because if we stay, you know, with the conventional refugees like eating and drinking and uh, all of the many other things, we're going to get constantly disappointed because they don't work. And I think that's why you're all here, because you have surely noticed that otherwise you wouldn't be willing to spend a week here, you know, in this place and looking at your own experience. So you already know that. 
and then you know we have to just stay with shifting the focus where we are looking for refuge and in the most simple way how it can all be summarized is is the true refugees in uh, being aware of what's happening in the body and in the mind and then responding you know from that awareness rather than reacting immediately just to relieve ourselves from stressful feelings and then you know, if we can do that in an increasingly you know in an increasing way then you know our practice will take on more and more strength and and you're going to go deeper and deeper and ever more difficult you know situations we are able to stay open with those uh, experiences and allow them you know to teach us and you know we don't need to look for any special experiences we just can work with what's here right and now right now we don't need to go out to look for something we just be where we are and work with what arises and you know then trust the natural intelligence of this process you know of this intention to want to take you know refuge in the buddha in our own capacity for awareness taking refuge in the dhamma which is the truth of the way things are and taking refuge in the sangha which is you know the community of those who practice this way and then you know if that intention is set in this way then we just kind of go with the flow and we work with whatever kind of comes to us and then we can when when we look back we can see the intelligence of the process often when we're in the middle of it we we feel it's all not going very well because it's difficult you know to be to stay open with with uh, all of that you know which our habitual patterns usually you know try us to pull us in a different direction to, to just stay steady with that that's the most challenging feature you know of of this practice it's the the feeling to be with the feeling but you know all people here all 80 people here have the same issue you know how to stay open with unpleasant feeling how to not go into distraction that's our uh you know in a human body this is our main issue you know what we have to learn to come to terms with because we can't escape it there's no way even if you know kind of escape it for a few moments with some substances or shopping this shopping that you know it's it's going to wait for you afterwards so there is no escape and then you know if we have become you know reliant on on certain um substances you know then on top of it we have to also overcome those difficult feelings you know which we ha- which we will have from coming off those substances and some of them are rather innocent but still you know it can be very challenging to you know to be 
refraining. But refraining, you know, isn't like condemning those things, but it's just like a skillful recognition, you know, that it doesn't go anywhere. And then using that energy and turning it, you know, into the right direction. And over time, you know, through training, it's going to become, you know, more and more easy. For me, for example, not eating now, you know, eating in the afternoon is really not an issue anymore. In the beginning, it was difficult. Now, if people can have a feast next to me, I, I just have almost no reaction anymore. Not because I don't like food, but I just, it's just not a, not a problem. And I think with many things, it can become that way just to purely do through training, you know, like learning to play an instrument. In the beginning, you think you'd never do it. Uh, impossible. But then it is possible. Or driving the car. In the beginning, you have to be so focused, you know, to even, you can't do anything else but drive. And then later you can drive and speak with your friend, have a sandwich, everything at the same time, and it works. <laughs> And with the practice, is the same way, you know, your capacity to, to um, take on, you know, variety increases and increases over time. You know, and one way how that is described in the scriptures is, you know, to, to lose fear of formations. And formations means, you know, all that which hits us, you know, on, with the senses, the ears, eyes, nose, tongue, body and mind, you know, whatever can come, those, all of those objects, you know, and to be, be more and more kind of fearless, whatever comes, we know, you know, we don't get lost in the content, but we know it's all impermanent, it's all unstable, and we can't control it. So, you know, through knowing that really very deeply within yourself, you know, you, you kind of develop a certain kind of stability and uh, a certain, you know, in the scriptures it's called uh, disenchantment, you know. That doesn't mean that things are not beautiful any longer, but you are not kind of fooled by them, you know. You have been waking up from the spell. And you still enjoy the beauty, but you're not devastated, you know, if the beauty changes. Because you know that's, it couldn't be otherwise. And, and that's, you know, what we are after. Because then when something is beautiful and wonderful and awesome, you know, you can really enjoy it even more because you know it's not going to last. And that helps, you know, to be actually more in the present moment, that knowing. It's not an intellectual knowing, it's... It starts there, but then through the meditation practice, it just comes, you know, goes deeper and deeper into your being. And then effortlessly, you know, the being is informed by all of those um, laws of nature. And it, it functions accordingly. It's in alignment. And then there's less and less, you know, stress because we are more and more realistic of what's going on here. And what is our place in all of this? And you know, and the refuges, taking the three refuges is basically, uh, you know, taking the marching guidelines, you know, to be very clearly, this is how we need to walk, you know, in order to arrive at alignment with the way things are. 
and then we just start, you know, and don't stop. And then we will arrive there every moment, you know, and it will gradually purify our hearts and minds. And, you know, and the ultimate result would be a full enlightenment, which we can taste, you know, every moment when we are not lost in thinking. We can have a momentary taste of that, which a Buddha has, or an Arahant, you know, has completely realized a full purification of the, of the mind. And we just, we start where we are because we couldn't start anywhere else anyway. And, you know, in a retreat like this, which is rather short, we, we can, you know, become very aware of all of those million things we usually take refuge in, you know, our cars, our refrigerators, our partners, and many other things. And to just, you know, allow yourself to recognize that. I think that's really important. And then see, you know, that this is not going to work. And then through that recognition, there's this innate, you know, wish is already there that we, we want to change focus. We want to shift towards something which is more in alignment with the way things are. And that's what we hope, you know, to uh, support to for you, that you can recognize that within yourself clearly and then, you know, take with you. Because out there is so much more confusing than here. Because here there's so much distraction is kind of cut out for those five days so that we can actually really clearly connect with our inner capacity for Buddhahood or you know, for enlightenment. So I leave you with that and we're going to sit um, another 25 minutes.
also now is uh, yoga number one and then there will also be interviews again please make sure that you know if you're in an interview group now or not and please be on time because we have to be quite economic with the time there's two slots of half an hour back to back so the second group if they can already wait there five minutes earlier that would be very appreciated and Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be concerned if you don't find your name. Everybody gets two interviews and then with you know, each of us one group. And then afterwards you could also sign up for an interview with Aya Sobana as well. So you can have up to three interviews if you like. And everybody will be on the list, but there's always only one day posted. So to not make it more confusing. So just go there and look. And then if you see your name, that means you have an interview today. And then you have to figure out which room and the time as well. It's all a mindfulness practice. It's doable. <laughs> okay, and then we meet again here at uh, 10.30. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.